Hi everyone, this is Dr. Gail Carson. Welcome to Living Regret Free, a program that shows you how to live a better and more joyful life. As an added bonus, I invite you to listen to an introduction to my Mindset Matters program, which ties into this so well. Go to www.sobmindset.com. It's free and I know you will enjoy it. If you'd like to contact me personally, drop me a line at gailcarson13 at gmail.com or go to my website, www.spunkyoldbroad.com and sign up for my weekly newsletter. My guest today is Ernie Zecchio. He's a psycho-spiritual mentor and thought leader offering contemporary wisdom on human suffering. As a trauma psychologist, whose career spans over 30 years, he's treated more than 10,000 patients who suffered severe trauma that ranged from amputation, head injury, sexual assault, and paralysis. For Vecchio, adversity becomes an opportunity for self-correction, growth, and healing. He is the author of four books, including his latest, Feelings and Reason, Activating Your Heart as Compass Despite the Ego's Interference an international bestseller in seven countries across multiple spirituality, healing, and self-help categories. Wow, Ernie, that's quite a, quite a resume there. So well, thank you. So welcome to the show. <laughs> and after writing um, three books, what inspired you to write Feelings and Reason? Because you have the tagline, Activating Your Heart as Compass, despite the ego's interference. And we all know the big, big uh, strategy that ego plays. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, it's, I've gone on this journey, Gail, where I've treated so many people. You know, I was looking at at your material and and your website and that you've battled with cancer throughout your life and some other health issues. And uh, if I ask you, uh, if you grew from those experiences, if that adversity woke you up in some special way, you, of course, would say absolutely, because it's largely, uh, uh, you know, what you what you are about as an individual. Well, imagine now that I've worked with 10,000 gales. They've all gone on their individual journeys. They've all gone inside themselves to fight against this, this shadow side of who they are. Uh, if I'm not this body, then who am I? If I'm not these legs, if I'm not this spinal cord, then what am I? Uh, and imagine that in that journey, you've picked up the wisdom, not just of your own individual personal uh, unfolding, but the unfolding of others. Uh it feels like Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's what it feels like. And so I, I I decided at the end of my career when I left the hospital that I had to somehow put this in a book and a philosophy and a theoretical approach that uh, really incorporated all of counseling and psychological theory as well as spirituality, some holistic integrative way to talk about the human experience. I had to do it. And if you've looked at the book uh, – Really, the depth of it is in between the lines. In other words, without discussing with me about the contents of the book, it's just kind of textbooky and it's kind of you know it's kind of heavy and weighted. Uh, but the inspiration was that that um, I needed to get it out. This wisdom is incredibly profound. It's not in the mainstream in any way, uh, in the way that I'm talking about it. And so, yeah, that's that was the inspiration. So, so what is the difference then between suffering for 
ourselves versus suffering with ourselves. I'm not sure I understand the difference. Yeah, what I what I kind of experienced in the hospital is is that many people define compassion as martyrdom and sacrifice, which is suffering for the self or suffering for others. When you think about burnout in the helping profession, it's you know now we call it compassion fatigue. Well, you really only get that kind of weightedness if you try to carry the suffering of others. Compassion technically means to suffer with another individual, to hold the space, to be there with them in the process, you know, instead of caring it for them. Uh, and what's profound about that is, and I say this on my website, I say it's in my own podcast, that if you're off one degree on a compass, the further you get away from your starting point, the further away the destination is. So, so being off four versus with that one degree was huge in people's recovery. It was just a big deal. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've never, when I've, I've um, I haven't gotten to that first point where you talked about, but I know that with me, uh, and of course this has been a 30 some year challenge for me. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's just that I do what I need to do, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, just like getting the COVID shot, I, you know, it, it was really difficult because first I got an email, um, let's see, I got an email saying call this number, which of course I called, left messages, never got it returned. Uh, then I got an email saying um, text to this address, which I did, and I never got a response. And then I was sitting, believe it or not, I was sitting in the oncologist's office at the hospital when a friend of mine called, she's a nurse at one of the universities, and she said, I heard that if you go to this building, you can get an appointment. And I will never, had never even heard of the building. So I said to the doctors, do you know where this building is? And they said, no. And I said, well, hmm, interesting. So I went to the male nurse at the counter because he knows everything. And I said to him, do you know where this building is? And he said, yeah. I said, well, where is it? He said, right across. You know, and he told me where it was. Well, when I left the oncologist's office, I drove right there, parked in the fire zone, because that's the only parking there was, went in, and I got an appointment. And the next day, they stopped giving out appointments. So uh, I had, if I had not taken action right then and there, I probably still would not have my COVID shot. And I get my that. second one in a week and a half. So uh, it's really uh, interesting. I've just always kind of taken charge. But you also talk about, Uh, a missing piece in the mental health model. What is that? Well, and you and I are both boomers, so you can you can probably relate to this. You remember the the book uh, The Road Less Traveled that was written by Scott Peck? Oh yeah, Peck. for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. well, uh, I'm really trying to bring that back into people's awareness. Um the gold standard used to be The Road Less Traveled, the inward journey. Uh and looking at unconscious reasons for wounding and for woundedness. Uh, And so what happened about three decades ago is we shifted from from this gold standard of the internal world and and your subjective reality to how you think is how you feel. And the reason we made that shift is, is that you don't have to have a degree to go out and buy a book on cognitive behavioral therapy. You can teach that to anybody, right? But the problem is that um, that you're not a computer, and reprogramming your thoughts doesn't really go after the wound. 
and so, and, and I used to train therapists, and so I understand how this has happened. That um, you know, to to know the internal workings, the subjective lives of the patients that you're serving is a challenge. It's a lost art. And I know it's easy to fall back on the how you think is how you feel kind of paradigm. Uh, but the problem is now is we have three generations of professional helpers who can't find their way out of a bad storm, but yet they're going to help you. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and so that, that bothered me as a, you know, as a, uh, as a trainer of therapists that bothered me and it bothered me as a helper that, um, that this, this idea that we have to be able to, uh, counsel and help people, uh, it's different than holding somebody's hand and holding a space, you're actually trying to solve a puzzle that is you. And that, but there is a common theme in the human experience. There's a common theme that is revealed by adversity. And again, it's not talked about in a, in a kind of a holistic, integrative way, uh, not all in one place like I've done in this book. So how do we begin our journey inward? Well, if you look at, I'll just take what's happening right now. Look at the virus. Uh, you know, uh, we have no control over this. Uh, the thing that it's really driven home to me is that before the virus hit, we were kind of indifferent towards one another, indifferent. Uh, and now we are entitled with our indifference. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, it's it's thrown us back on ourselves in a way that we need to examine, uh, you know what you know what is going on inside of us and what am I you know what am I supposed to do with this virus? I can give an example. The other day, I, I hike and bike quite a bit, um, and I was hiking the other day, and I came and I and I'm seeing a lot of trash along my hiking trails. And as I looked at this trash, I thought, you know, somebody needs to do something about this. And then. As soon as I said that, a voice in my head said, well, Ernie, you know, you hike these routes and these trails all the time. Why don't you just pick it up? You know, <laughs> and, so, and so and so lo and behold, that's kind of what I did. I just I, I got me a, a big leaf bag and I stuck a garbage bag inside of it and I put a strap on it. And now when I go out to my six and eight and ten mile hikes, I'm picking up trash along the way. And uh, and and so that's that's what I'm doing about the helplessness that I feel in the pandemic, you see, uh, because what I was going to talk about before this, before this happened is, is that I was going to turn you on to your internal GPS that you have been, you know, detached from and divided against. Uh, and then the pandemic hit and now the division, uh, is, is larger than just the individual. Now it's cultural. And uh, and I saw this division happening, Gail. I saw it coming long before it got here. Long before it got here, I saw this division happening. And so, so the pandemic's given us an opportunity uh, to look inward uh, at at our own division, at our uh, what's what inside of us is epidemic. And I am proposing in my book that it's ego dysfunction. That you do have some disorder, you do have some dysfunction, some maladaptions that are harming you in some way. Uh, you know this if you're not able to be your best self because those maladaptions are preventing that. Uh, and then it becomes a kind of a spiritual piece and uh, that you something larger than you is at work. And, you know, the the ego, a lot of folks don't know this, is focused on right or wrong where the heart is focused on true or false. 
and uh, and so putting your heart as the as the compass is not some romantic idea. It's real. And ironically, Gail, the ego has never been the compass, but yet we act as if it is. Wow. So you yeah. talked about COVID-19. What are some of the tips you can share about coping with COVID-19? Well, again, I go back to this business of isolation. I know for me, it's 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 taken my world as it has has everybody's world and kind of isolated us. Uh, you've got to find um, your own version of church, your own version of sacredness, uh, time spent with yourself where you're not condemning or blaming or judging yourself, but time uh, spent, you know, being gentle and kind to yourself. Uh in this in this isolation and realize that this is that it's happening to everybody it isn't just happening to you uh and you know i i've got this formula that uh that i'm going to put on some t-shirts and put at some point but it's a galileo kind of formula people have forgotten that galileo looked up in the stars uh, in the 16 1800s and said that the sun was the center of the solar system uh, and he came into the church, and the Catholic Church said, "No, that's blasphemy." And he, you know, of course, died in isolation with this truth that he had revealed. Well, I'm saying that the heart is the center of the human experience, but yet we're behaving as if the ego is. And so I'm saying that the ego exaggerated minus the heart as compass equals suffering tenfold. That is E squared minus HC equals uh, uh, pain to the tenth power, kind of thing, and that formula is real, Gail. I mean, it's it, but it's hiding in plain sight, uh, and so and so the short answer is is that the virus is is activating all the things about the ego that haunt us that we conveniently avoid through our day to day. Life because we're on automatic. Well, the pandemic's taken us off of automatic, thrown us back on ourselves. And what is happening internally? You know, what's what's the friction that you're feeling? And and look at it and don't judge it and just try to understand it. Well, you know, it's interesting because um, in the um, I'm doing very well, even though I'm self isolated. You can imagine I've been a year and almost a year, another month, it'll be a year that I'm in my apartment, not going anywhere except to the hospitals and the doctors. Mm. And, but great. I'm not, I'm not despondent. I'm not, you know, uh, upset. I, I live a very full day. <laughs> I can tell you that. And, uh, well, you know, and I, I bet you, you, well, and, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Gail, but I bet you, you have a very powerful inner life. I do. Yeah, I do. exactly. And, yeah. And one of the things my son said to me is mom, You've worked for 61 years. Why don't you retire? And I said, but what would I do? I love what I do. Why would I, you know, I'm doing everything I want to do. Not everything because I can't go out to lunches and dinners and things like that. But, you know, so he said to me, but I know that if you weren't doing the things that you do, and believe me, I am active from the time I get up till the time I go to bed. He said, you wouldn't be who you are and you wouldn't think the way you are and you wouldn't be. Uh, as positive as you are, you wouldn't be as active as you are. So, you know, there's a reason for finding strength in a whole bunch of different things mm -hmm. than just what am I losing and what am I lacking? Well, yeah, and what, you yeah know, your what passion, your passion is based upon longing to connect and reciprocation. A lot of people's passion is based upon lacking and fear of connection. 
And so that's another piece of looking internally is, is that where, what is your passion? Uh, because remember what passion is, it's, it's suffering. And what is that if it isn't directed towards something either at the self or out at the world? So people like yourself and like, and like me, cause I have enough energy to charge a small city as well. If I don't, if I don't do something with this energy, it turns on me. So I, so right. I, I, I need to put it into something productive or it becomes destructive. And that's the, that's what happens with passion that's based on lack. Uh, and so this idea of connection, you know, one of the things I do in the book is I answer the five questions, uh, of when, where, who, what, and why that we spend all of our lives on when, where, and who we are and very, very little time on what and why we are. Well, what we are, our spiritual beings, you kind of stuck in a psychological reality. And why we are is to have a reciprocal relationship with the world around us. If we don't do that, we're just parasites. And as harsh as that sounds, that look where we are in the culture. Between this well, I know. Of, That's why yeah. I think this is a great time because uh, I'm certainly connecting with people who I haven't talked to in a while. And um, I try to stay in touch with them. And I am amazed how many of them are doing nothing, mm-hmm. They're doing nothing. And, you know, and I, I don't know how they're doing that because that would just drive me nuts. But, uh, but well, what I'm struggling with, what I'm struggling yeah. with right now as well is, is, you know, I've been a helper for 40 plus years and like you, I'm a boomer. And it's like, I still want to help. I want to give away this, you know, I, I feel like I have found the cure for cancer in the middle of the epidemic. And I'm talking metaphorically, of course, that this, model and this philosophy and this context that I have put together isn't just mine. It's coming from thousands of people that I've worked with that have, that have undergone true adversity and they've left us, they've left us these insights and these epiphanies of how to shift our perspective about much of this in, in a, in a holistic integrative kind of way. But, but who do you, who do I tell? You know, it's like when you find the cure for cancer in the middle of the plague, people are less interested. You see, it's, um, because uh, everybody's focused on the pandemic and, and 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 plus the politics of it all. So based on the people that you've worked with, I mean, amputation, head injury, sexual assault, paralysis, what is one of the biggest uh, lessons learned by one of your, I, I don't want to call them students or clients or uh, patients, what is one of, what do they say to you? Well, one the one case that comes to mind uh, always is, uh, you know, I, I say that that the heart is the compass. Uh, you asked uh, most people to point on their body where the human compass is. Many people will point to their heads. Very few people point to the heart. Well, I had a blind woman who was raped and beaten so badly uh, during the rape that she was blinded during the rape. And oh just God. before and just before she lost her vision, uh, she went and shot the guy that raped her. Well, she ended up going to prison because she thought about who she was going to kill. So she ended up going to prison for that. Uh, so she's in prison for five years. She's blind. She's unable to see. And she 
she made some 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 derogatory remarks uh, in the prison about certain prisoners, and so they were they had to put a a guard at the foot of her bed when she slept at night for fear someone was going to harm her. So she gets out of prison and she comes to my hospital and I'm introducing her to pieces of this model because this was back in probably the early 2000s. Uh, and, and I'm connecting her to this and again, sharing with her the context that many of my patients had taught me along the way. And she said to me, Ernie, how is it that I can see better now as a blind woman than I could ever see when I had my vision? And I said, I don't know. You tell me. What are you seeing with? And she points to her heart. And she later uh, ended up doing blind mobility training uh, for children uh, once she got out of the hospital. And keep in mind that she was five years with nightmares, five years. All she could see was the guy that she murdered. And she was going through the whole process of the rape. So, and, and I but only worked. I mean, it was self-defense. Oh, well, no, it was after the fact. She waited after the fact. Had it been self-defense? No, she waited like a day or two later and then went and shot the guy. So it was premeditated. So, but she, wow. but she ended up, but she, yeah, I know it's, it's kind of sick that she ended up going to prison, but, uh, but she was only in there five years. I say only, but she did five years for that. And, uh, and she did that as a blind person in prison as well. So it was something else, but yeah, so this wow. idea, so, so this idea that the heart is the compass and being able to use that as the lens that you look at the world, uh, uh through it's the mediator. It's the, you know, it's that part of us that allows us to see the ethic of all of this. We're so caught up Gail in morality right now, uh, in the culture. And by that, I mean, just, just straight up dogma, uh, you know, right and wrong and good and bad. And, in this dualistic kind of view of things and that doesn't solve any problem that doesn't move us in any in, in, in any direction uh and we're talking about the reset when really what i talk about is reorientation that we have to get oriented to the task we're off we're off of true north and we're focused on each side trying to be right you know and uh, as a result of that we're stuck and the pandemic so is is magnifying that at some big level yeah so how can people get a hold of your book and how can they reach you in case they want to uh, talk with you? Well, I've got my website, of course, which is myname.com. And my book is on Amazon. And my email address is heartascompass at outlook.com. And, um, and right now I'm in the process of trying to put together some courses around this material, but it's so large and so big <laughs> that it's, it's become quite a challenge to do a, a course around it, but that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm attempting to, you know, I'm taking in a few clients for coaching because I've been in the trenches for so many years and working with, uh, in the trenches with folks. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what kind of helper I want to be at this chapter, but I, I, I've got so much to give away about this, but I got to have somebody raising their hand, you know, asking questions because the, the quality of this work is based upon the quality of the questions that are being asked me. Um, but there's not much, there's, there's not much in the human experience that this material doesn't answer Gail. And that's, and that's a big deal. And most psychological and counseling theories don't do that. Well, I'm going to give them the spelling of your name so they can find you. It's Ernie E R N I E. And it's Vecchio, which is Z E C C H I O two yes. C ErnieVecchio.com. That's where you can find Ernie. His email is heart as compass at outlook.com. Uh, and you can find his book on Amazon, did you say? Yes. 
And my website yeah. as well, so, of course. Yeah. And his website as well. So there's lots of places that you can find Ernie. And as you can see, he's got a lot of important information, especially for those of you that are going through trauma of some sort. I mean, here's somebody who has worked as a psycho-spiritual mentor and thought leader. He's worked for over 30 years as a trauma psychologist. He's treated people with all kinds of ailments and issues. So if you're saying, boy, I don't think there's any anybody left for me, Ernie mm-hmm. may be your answer. So uh, ErnieVecchio.com. His email is heart as compass at outlook.com. And remember, if you're trying to find me, I'm at spunkyoldbroad.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. I choose my guests carefully, so if you have someone you'd like me to interview, please drop me a line at gailcarson13 at gmail.com. In the meantime, check out my intro program, Mindset Matters, at www.sobmindset.com. See you next week.